Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Oh, it's great to be here with you, church. I'm Pastor Eden. I oversee the Life Kids program here. And it's a pleasure to be able to come and, and share with you this morning. Hey, how was that storm on Friday? There's a few of you, I think, at the Royal Show that day and it got, got cancelled. I went to the Royal Show on Thursday with my cousin and her two young girls. And uh, you know how I went on a couple of rides and you know how rides look different when you're looking at them to when you're on them? So that kind of... <laughs> So there's this one I went on, was called Super Bowl. I don't know what really, anyway, I don't really understand why it was called that, but I guess because you're kind of in these little uh, half circle, I suppose like a bowl, but it's not really. So, and it, and it spins you round and then the platform lifts up and it spins you. So you're kind of like leaning. Anyway, it was a bit weird. And I thought, looked at it and I thought, yeah, okay, I'll give that a go. It doesn't look like it's too fast. So we, I get on the ride and I had to wait for a little while for it. So I get on there and it starts spinning and I'm thinking, yeah, this isn't so bad. And then it's like, and then you hear in the background like, those speakers, the guys speaking, turbo speed. <laughs> and, then, and it was really fast. And you know, it's one of those rides where you're kind of enjoying it and you're not all at the same time because you're like pretty much plastered against the back of the thing because I couldn't move at all. So anyway, that was that was great. But look, you know, <laughs> I just wanted to tell you that. It's got nothing to do with what I'm sharing today. But anyway, uh, so you know, over the past two weeks, Pastor Nicole brought an absolutely fantastic series to us on freedom. If you haven't listened to the podcast, uh, get a hold of that. And, you know, she spoke a lot about our call as Christians to be freedom fighters. And, you know, Pastor Nicole and Steve, they are examples to me of freedom fighters. And Pastor Nicole encouraged us just earlier to be praying for our leaders. Let's be praying for Pastor Nicole and Steve um, because they are leading the way for us. And so let's honour them and uphold them in prayer, uh, not just today, but during the week, during every, every week, every year in the name of Jesus. You know, Jesus didn't come just to save us, although that is pretty awesome and mind-blowing, right? But he came to deliver us. And she talked about the battle we have for our freedom. It's important to be aware of the enemy's schemes because he's looking for a way to shoot us down with his lies. She also reminded us that as Christians, we're not helpless. We have Jesus, we have each other, and he has equipped us for the battle. And so freedom is, is here and it's available for each of us if we choose, if we choose, we're actually partaking in this, if we choose to step into that freedom. And so this is really great because it connects a lot with what I want to share with you today. Recently, I, I felt God impress upon me the word undefeated. And as I prayed into this word, not really knowing what God was wanting to show me, he reminded me of a story in the book of Numbers in the Old Testament and uh, coincidentally enough, uh, Simon read out the verses this morning in pre-service prayer. So I have a feeling maybe God's just trying to tell us something. Well, Numbers, amen. Come on, Laura. Numbers is a, re <laughs> Numbers is a really big uh, road trip about the Israelites, uh, God's chosen people. And at this point in Scripture, Moses is their leader. They've come out of slavery in Egypt. Uh, they've received uh, instruction from God on how to live as His holy people. And now they're preparing for their entry into the promised land, the destination that God has assured them. He's promised it to them. In the first 10 chapters of Numbers, it's all about preparations for the trip. And things seem to be going quite well. And then we begin to see seeds of discord and envy appear. And there's just a lot of grumbling and complaining from the Israelites, which of course we can't relate to, right? Because we've never, we've never been envious or, you know, yeah, so discord or, you know, complained at all, have we? No. But amongst us is a really pivotal 
uh, story, a point in the narrative, and that's where we're picking up from this morning. So I invite you to turn with me to Numbers 13, be coming up on the screen. Numbers 13, and we're going to be reading from verse 25. I encourage you to read the whole, uh, the whole chapter through yourself at home as well. It'll give you a lot more there to chew on. And so at this point, uh, the Lord told Moses to send men to explore the promised land, the land of Canaan, and to come back to give a report. So 12 men, one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, went to explore the land for 40 days. And we're picking up from verse 25. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces, but the people living there are powerful, And their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. It's pretty bleak, isn't it? Uh, All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. So we can see that this report uh, given to Moses and the Israelites by the scouters started off quite well. Uh, they reported that, yes, this land was indeed uh, a land of plenty. They brought, even brought back this beautiful sample of fruit, which you read earlier as a, a bunch of grapes, clusters of grapes. So they had a tangible example of what was there. And then we read the word, but. Verse 28, but the people living there are powerful. Their town's large and fortified. Now, God had promised this land to the Israelites, Genesis 15, 18, so the Lord made a covenant with Abram that day and said, I have given this land to your descendants all the way from the border of Egypt to the great Euphrates River. Numbers 13, 1 to 2, the Lord now said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I'm giving to the Israelites. So how is it that the Israelite scouters who could see the promised land in front of them, who could see the bounty, who would have heard the promises of God that he was going to give them this land, and in fact they were on the cusp of claiming it, it was right there in front of them. How is it they could determine it was not possible to claim it after 40 days of exploring? I suspect it was their mindset largely that failed them here. They had a defeatist mindset. Before they even entered, had even gone to fought for the land, they were saying, we are defeated. Unbelief had entered in and the seed of defeat was planted and it appeared they no longer aligned their mindset with God and his promises. So even though the promised land was right there in front of them, they didn't have the faith to believe it was already theirs. How did the Israelites get here? I mean, the Israelites who saw God part the Red Sea. How does this defeatist mindset develop? You know, ultimately it's a lack of trust in God. Not knowing God, not really understanding his character and who he is, or at least losing sight of who he is. And this is not something that happens overnight. It happens as seeds of unbelief take root within our hearts that we do not address over a period of time. And so the Israelites at this point in the narrative were on the cusp of conquering that land, but because unbelief had entered into their hearts, they lacked trust that God was greater than the obstacles in front of them. 
They'd come to rely too much on their human perspective. They'd taken their eyes off the source of their victory and they had forgotten the promises that God gave them. They looked at the circumstance, the powerful people, these fortified towns, and it became bigger in their eyes than God is. The seeds of unbelief caused a lack of trust that allowed this mindset that they were defeated to take hold. And that's what we're seeing playing out in this text. Sound familiar? It should because you and I are not that unalike, right? We like to think we're unalike. We like to read about the Israelites saying, oh my goodness, really? But it's like looking in a mirror. Come on, it is. It's like looking in a mirror and going, oh yeah, that's right. I do that too. Because we can operate out of a defeatist mindset in our own lives, can't we? How do we know this is happening? I think sometimes it's characterized by uh, words like can't, won't, never. But, you know, I know I can do this, but... Or I believe this will happen, but God can heal, but God can provide, but I'll never get to where I want to be. I'll never do that again. God can, uh, I won't get that job, that promotion, that house. I can't do that as well as this person, so why even bother? A bit like the Israelite scouters, we can become too fixated on our circumstances and view them as more powerful than God. And we can become consumed by the problems that we see in front of us rather than looking to the one who holds our lives securely and is greater and more powerful than any problem we face. When this defeatist mindset is operating within us, it's like we hear God's word, but we're out of touch with who he is because we've become more focused on our mess, on our sin, on the obstacles. Therefore, we don't trust that what God says can actually be our reality. Or maybe we do trust God, but only in certain areas of our lives. You know, the ones that we can control. So yeah, I trust you with this God because that makes sense to me. But not this. No, that's off limits. I would rather live in the comfort of my defeat than step into the unknown of freedom. God brought the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt to bring them to something, right? To freedom, to the promised land, which they eventually enter as we read about in the book of Joshua, but not after they wandered the desert for 40, uh, for 40 years <laughs> because they were content to live in the comfort of defeat. Are you living in the comfort of defeat in some area of your life? God wants to bring you out of that. Woo, amen. You don't have to stay there. He wants to bring you out of that into freedom into your promised land. And so what does this look like for you in your current season and context? You know, it's going to look different for Pastor Steve working in a high school, deputy principal to help well, for a single mother at home, you know, or someone in the marketplace. It's going to look different for each of us depending on our season. But we can have freedom right in front of us that has been made available through Jesus Christ that we don't even take a hold of when it's, when it's right there, like it, the promised land was for the Israelites. We don't take the step of faith because we've allowed seeds of unbelief to grow and now we only see defeat. And there are people here today, I believe that you're on the cusp of a victory in your life, of your promised land, and it's there for the taking. And the only thing that's going to stop you from claiming that territory is the limitations that you place on God through a defeatist mindset. You are not defeated. You're not defeated. You are undefeated because of Jesus. Because through Jesus, we've been brought out of the defeat of sin and death and into the victory of freedom. Jesus Christ is the antidote to a defeatist mindset. God sent Jesus to remind us that in Jesus, we are undefeated. Come on, you can actually get a bit excited about this. You see, the story of the Israelites foreshadowed what was to come generations after these events when God sent His one and only Son to deliver humanity, to deliver you and I from the slavery of sin, death and hell, 
Jesus sacrificed his life on a cross for our mess, our sin, our brokenness, so that we won't have to endure an eternity separated from God. Sounds pretty good to me. This deliverance starts with salvation. We're saying yes to a relationship with Jesus. And if you've never made that decision, there'll be an opportunity for you to do so uh, at the end of this message. But for those who have responded to a salvation, it doesn't end there. We're on the path to further freedom. Through Jesus, the enemy is defeated and darkness is defeated and sin is defeated and death is defeated and debt is defeated and generational sin is defeated and bad attitudes are defeated and trauma is defeated and abuse is defeated. As a follower of Jesus, you get to stand in a place of being undefeated because of what Jesus did defeat. So stop thinking that you're defeated. God says that in Jesus, you're undefeated and He is taking you into your promised land where you will have the victory if you choose to trust Him and trust in His promises. Someone who got this was a man named Caleb. Yes, thank God for Caleb. Going back to our narrative in Numbers 13, Caleb was one of the 12 men who went to explore the promised land. And when the other men were giving this bad report to Moses and the Israelites, Caleb says, let's go at once to take the land. We can certainly conquer it. Some of you uh, may remember a while back the Be Like Bill memes that came out on social media. I've got a couple of examples here for you that I think are going to be coming up. This is Bill. Bill's driving. Bill doesn't use his smartphone while doing it. Bill doesn't want to kill somebody because of his stupidity. Bill is smart. Be like Bill. And then the next one, Bill is on the internet. Bill sees something that offends him. Bill moves on. Bill is smart. Be like Bill. Woo, amen. I think we we need to be like Caleb one. I think we need to be like Caleb meme. So if we created one, I think it would read something like this. Caleb believes God when he says the promised land is theirs. Caleb knows God is more powerful than the giants in the the promised land. Caleb doesn't act like a defeatist jerk. Caleb is smart. Be like Caleb. Who wants to be like Caleb? I do. You know, Caleb's response here is a breath of fresh air and an otherwise frustrating portion of Scripture, mostly because, again, we're looking at a mirror, aren't we, (laughs) as we're reading and going, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, ouch, that kind of hurts. It's like me. Uh, Caleb had the conviction of faith. Uh, He had conviction through faith and trust in God that no matter what things looked like, no matter how powerful the opposition and their fortified towns appeared, God could not be defeated. Caleb was operating from a mindset that we are undefeated because we have God on our side. And unfortunately, the, the other scouters that had been with Caleb remained fixated on the circumstance and not on their victorious God. We can't go up against them. Hey, come on, Caleb, what are you doing? They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. They go on to say that the Israelites will be devoured by those living there. What you say and do impacts those around you. <laughs> if you have a defeatist mindset like the Israelites and you speak to others from that place, and that is the attitude and the defeatist language you can expect to hear from people in return. And we see the impact this bad report has in the following chapter where Joshua, who was also one of the spies that went out, uh, along with Caleb, and he, he was trying to encourage the Israelites, yes, you know, we've got this. And he was on the receiving end of them wanting to stone him. Talk about a really bad day. If you're having a bad day, go read Numbers 14 and feel for Joshua, and then you'll probably feel better. Because <laughs> even though in this situation, Caleb's words, words fell on deaf ears and the voices of defeat ended up being louder on that day and the days that follow, I still want to be a Caleb. Don't you too want to be a Caleb? You surely don't want to be like the crowd of doubt sowers or be a faith inhibited, do you? Sounds gross. Don't let how things appear override your mindset to a place of defeat. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, 
and through what Jesus has done for us, we can have a mindset like Caleb that there is victory already attained, that we are undefeated because the land, that victory has already been promised. We're not like trying to attain something that's not already there for us. It is there for the taking if we trust Him and walk through and walk into it. Here's the thing though, you know, a defeatist mindset can easily enter our thinking and if this is something that you're really struggling with. There's no shame here. There's no condemnation uh, because we are all walking this, this path and this road. And sometimes we just have to be real about it. You know, I've struggled with this. That's why I'm talking about it today. And so there's some keys I think we can look at here that will help us to learn to develop a default mindset that declares we are undefeated in Jesus. And so the first one here is to trust in God's promises. After the Israelites determined they couldn't enter the promised land, they ended up wandering the desert for 40 years. What should have been an 11-day journey, 40 years in the desert, wandering around. So boring. I get bored wandering in the shopping mall sometimes for hours on end. So 40 years in a desert. You know, a generation died in the wilderness and never saw or experienced the promised land. The Israelites lost trust in God because they saw their problems as bigger than him. And they allowed unbelief and a defeated spirit to take root. They didn't trust in his promises. We've got to trust in the promises he's given us through his word. When I was 20 years old, I went to counselling for the first time in my life. Pretty sure most appointments I, I spent yeah, most of the time crying, I think. Um, what did I have to cry about? You know, I had a good upbringing, parents that looked after me, family that loved me. I had a good church community uh, around me. I was also clinically depressed. I was battling a lot of health problems, including anxiety, thyroid issues, anemia. Up here was just such a battle. And I felt, I felt chained by depressive thoughts on a regular basis. I can undoubtedly say that I felt defeated. And this counsellor, a lovely lady, uh, she was a Christian. And she, uh, in one of our sessions, she wrote down on a piece of paper, Joel 2.25. Um, she felt that God had shown her that this was a promise of restoration for me. Joel 2.25 says, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. And since that day, I've, I've recalled that scripture many times. When defeat has threatened to enter my mind, you know, when doubt and fear has tried to take a hold of me, I've spoken that promise again and again because I determined to make a daily choice to trust God and trust in His promises. And, you know, sometimes we do that. We start off our morning really well. We go, yeah, I trust in you, God. And then something happens at work and then it's instantly like, oh, so hard. I can't get through this. It's like, no, coming back to trust. You've got this, God. You have everything that I need. So when I stuff up or when I forget, when the seeds of unbelief appear, I'm learning to come back again to His Word. And be reminded that in Jesus, I am undefeated. And so are you. And so write down and highlight those promises, the scriptures that God has given you or spoken to you through. Put them on the walls in your bedroom or around your house, in your car. Be connected with other believers through coming to church, being in connect group. We've got a prayer meeting on tonight. Why don't you come along and join us? Other community gatherings, because life happens. Stuff happens. And it can discourage us and cause us to feel defeated, right? And some of you may even be in that place today, but we're less likely to stay there when we surround ourselves with other believers. But above all else, the Word of God, that's the key to overcoming the lives of defeat. It's power, it's sustenance, it's life. And we can trust in God's promises. He will not let us down. He will not fail us. He will not forget us. He will not neglect us. I can attest to that, that never once in my life has God failed me. 
or forgotten me or neglected me. He's exceeded far and above and beyond my expectations. Jesus is the reminder that we can trust God's promises, the reminder that we are undefeated. The second key for us is uh, in developing this undefeated mindset to see with eyes of faith. You know, in the first nine chapters of Numbers, it's characterized by the phrase, so the Israelites did everything the Lord commanded Moses. And then we begin to see in the Israelites this breakdown of trust in God. They start to question God. They complain about what they don't have. They start to see hardships and circumstances through their warped human perspective rather than turning to God as the source of their victory. They no longer had eyes of faith, but Caleb did. Caleb saw with eyes of faith. Caleb saw the promised land with the Israelites already occupying it, not as though they were still to claim it. Because faith sees through God's eyes. Faith sees to the other side of the giant. Faith is vision to see things as though they already are. And we're called, church, to believe in who God is and what He says. And then to see with His eyes. You know, to see the victory as though it's already happened. To see yourself owning that house or see that business growing or see yourself resisting temptation or see that child who is away from God standing next to you worshipping or see yourself freed from anxiety and depression and sickness or see your child freed from those things. See your mindset turned from defeat to undefeated. We have a choice. He's not going to force us to do anything. We have to make the choice and take the stand and declare, I'm going to stand undefeated in you, Jesus. And so come on, whatever it is for you, see it. See it with eyes of faith. Well, the third key is believe and speak. Believe and speak. Mark 9, 23. What do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. In my mind, when I read this, I think Jesus is being a bit sassy, you know. Like, what do you mean, if I can? Don't you know who I am? Come on, I'm the son of God. You know, you might have a situation that appears disastrous in the natural. And it may even seem hopeless. But Jesus reminds us that anything is possible if a person believes. Now, sometimes I think we can get a bit mixed up in this. And we think things are going to turn out a certain way. Uh, And so it's about trusting Him uh, regardless of the outcome, regardless of the outcome. We put our trust in Him. We choose to believe because it's not about us and our agenda, but it's about Him and what He wants to do through that circumstance. So we may not always understand it, but He's calling us nonetheless. Believe, trust in me. Put your hope in me. Put your faith in me. And as we put our hope in Jesus... You know, as we believe in Him and speak out in faith that we are undefeated and we have the victory, this not only benefits us, it affects those around us and it leads others into the promised land. Uh, I've been a school chaplain for a few years now and I've had the incredible opportunity to help young children struggling with a range of problems. And although I can't uh, speak about God uh, specifically in my role, I can still speak life over them. You know, I say things like to them like, hey, you're so brave. You know, you're a champion. You're going to get through this. You have worth and value. You can overcome this. You know, this, is, this struggle you're having, it's not going to, to last. And sometimes it's even been saying to them, hey, you know, I've been where you are or I've struggled with that too, but you're going to get through it. And I believe that I, as I speak those things over these children, I'm, I'm leading them into a, a better and healthier place than when, when, where they were when they first entered my office. My aim is always they've got to leave their office, my office better than how they came in. That's a bit of a thing I say to myself. 
And so what are you saying to God? What are you saying to lead others? You know, what are you saying to lead others into their promised land? The same way that our bad attitudes, our cynicism, gossip and defeatist spirit can influence people. It's the same with the language of faith, hope and expectation. When we speak life to others, it lifts them up. They might have been in a place of defeat and because you came along and, you know, you shared that encouraging uh, scripture with them or just sent them an encouraging message or you dropped a meal off to them or you asked them, hey, can I do anything for you? Or you let them know, hey, I've been praying for you. They don't feel so defeated anymore. (laughs) Faith has been renewed. It makes a difference. Faith has been renewed. And now they're going to lead someone into into a promised land for them. So it has a knock-on effect. What you say and do really impacts. And so come on, church. We are undefeated in Christ. This is our identity. We don't have to stay in a place where it's dark, it's all dark and it's all defeat and we just stay there and I'm living in my comfort because it's what makes sense to me. No, we want to step out of that and over here into a place where I'm undefeated. And that doesn't mean uh, life doesn't happen and things don't go wrong, but it means that you have a position where you can stand firm, where you're grounded and you're not as easily shaken because you know it doesn't all fall on your shoulders. The burden isn't all on you. You can give your burden to Jesus and He's going to help carry you through. And the picture I got even this morning as I was preparing uh, was I, I saw, G- I was walking up a path and I saw Jesus coming. He stood right next to me and, uh, and He took a hold of my hand and we were walking. And he says, you know, I am with you. I am with you. And it's, it sounds so simple, but it's so profound that we have Jesus walking with us. So we're not going into any battle that he has not already provisioned for, that he's not equipped us for. We are walking into that battle knowing that there's victory already attained because of Jesus. In Jesus, you are undefeated. Come on. We're undefeated. Can I have the keys up, please? Thank you. You know, again, I ask, what is, what is the promised land in front of you? You know, God is calling us to stand in the truth that in Jesus we're undefeated. And perhaps there are obstacles in the way. And for some of you, they might be small. And others of you, they might be significant. The question is still the same. Like Caleb, will you declare, we can certainly conquer it? You know, will you confess to God your unbelief? your struggle to trust and, and ask Him to help you to overcome a defeatist mindset. I believe God wants to set people free today from the lies of defeat. God sets us free from a defeatist mindset to one that says in Jesus, I'm undefeated. No matter how big or how insurmountable the obstacles in front of me. And today you're going to take new ground. Today you're going to enter the promised land in your life and you will conquer it. You'll be able to stand on the truths of God's Word with even greater assurance than before, not easily swayed by the thoughts of doubt and unbelief. The truth that God is for you, not against you, that He works all things together for the good of those who love Him, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, that you have victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what you're going through, no matter how bad your circumstance appears to be, when we're in Jesus, we're undefeated. And even in the worst of situations, there's something that seems impossible to get through. Hear this, Jesus is on your side. He's on your side. And He defeated what we couldn't. 
so that your position in Him is undefeated. And I know there's people here today facing insurmountable circumstances, but I'm here to give you a message. He's saying you're undefeated. In Jesus Christ, you are undefeated and darkness will not win. Darkness will not win. But the light of Jesus Christ is here and it's here for you. And He has a victory for you ahead. And so come on, come on, see with eyes of faith. He has portioned that victory for you. It's got your name stamped on it. And He's bringing you to a place where you can stand undefeated on the other side of that battle. Jesus' executors thought they had defeated Him by nailing Him to the cross. Sorry. This gets me, you know, every time. <laughs> you know, as Jesus hung on that cross, beaten, body broken, battered, unrecognisable. You know, it looked like Jesus had been defeated. The world went dark from that Good Friday to Resurrection Sunday, it appeared as though that was it. You know, there had been a defeat, but it wasn't the defeat that they thought. As those women went to the tomb where Jesus' body had been placed on that Sunday morning, they found it empty. And at first they didn't understand, but an angel came and told them, He is not here. He has risen. The very method by which Jesus' executors had tried to defeat Him was the same way that God brought about His victory. And Jesus defeated sin and death on that cross. And it was signified in His resurrection. And we as the sons and daughters can now stand undefeated. No matter man's attempt to thwart the purposes of God, may know through Jesus, it cannot withstand the power of the living God. What, no matter what you're going through, you can be confident in Jesus Christ. You're undefeated. You just stand here. Can we just all stand in this moment, please, and close your eyes. And if you feel comfortable, please lift your hands. I just believe right now that the power of the Holy Spirit is here and He wants to to set people free from thoughts that have assailed you where it's felt like you're defeated. It might feel that way, it doesn't make it reality. You might feel as though something is a certain way, it doesn't make it true. The truth is... In Jesus Christ, you're undefeated. And so right now I declare, every person standing here today is set free from a defeatist mindset. And any patterns of behaviour operating against the victory of Jesus Christ, leave right now in the name of Jesus. And greater is He that is in you than he who is in the world. And so right now, Lord, I thank You, O God, that You are setting people free, even now from a mindset of defeat to one that can declare with assurance and with faith and hope and expectation that I am undefeated and that no matter what that that obstacle is, you're going to smash it down in the name of Jesus. And so right now, see, even as I'm praying, come on, see with eyes of faith, see that obstacle falling down in front of you. See that giant being overcome by the power of the living God. Jesus Christ has come to battle for you. You're not battling alone. He is with you. He is present in you through the Holy Spirit. And so right now, set people free, oh God. Defeat, leave in the name of Jesus and let faith rise in people's minds. Because we choose today to trust in you and trust in your promises and we will not take any more 
being assailed by these lies of the enemy. We come against it and we declare victory right now. So victory be released in the name of Jesus. And this week I declare that people are going to walk in a different way. There's a new area of freedom for people today in the mighty name of Jesus. Yeah, God, we thank you. We thank you. And you can now have faith. He's already done it. (laughs) He's already done it. It's a done deal in the name of Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.